1: That's better H-E-L-P, dot com, slash stuff.
0: Hey there, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, there's Chuck, there's blimey old, bloody old Jerry. <laughs> and this is Short Stuff, everyone. I get you every time, buddy. I don't think there's a single Short Stuff intro that I haven't made
1: you snicker. They're all so silly. I love it. I'm glad you like it. So we talking about chippies?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, so apparently chips... What we call in America French fries, what they call in France, just fries, mm-hmm. um, are called chips because it's short for chipped potatoes. That's right. Which is just cutting up a potato and frying it. Apparently, that's chipping it, which I don't know. Does that explain cream chipped beef? Like, do you cut up beef and fry it and then add it to like a creamy sauce? Is that where that comes from? Uh,
1: I don't think it's fried. I think, or is it? I, I don't, I'm asking, buddy. <laughs> Uh, well, you have the light bulb above your head. I thought that meant you had an idea, not a question.
0: No, 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 no. That's a question mark. Okay, <laughs> I have a light bulb in the shape
1: of a question mark. I'm um, Glad you finally noticed. I think chip beef is just the 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 quality of the beef is sort of chipped off. I don't think it's fried. I might be <laughs> I don't wrong. Know if that's it. I'm not sure. I like that. That okay. Well, we're not talking about cream chip beef, are we? No, we're talking about fish and chips. <laughs> we're talking about chippies, fish and chips. A chippy is a fish and chip shop. Uh they're synonymous with the United Kingdom, of course. Yeah. And I ate fish and chips every time I've been over to the United Kingdom. I'm sure, I'm sure you probably had a little bit. I never have. Really? I know. I feel like a total jerk, but
0: uh, the researching this made me definitely guarantee that I will next time.
1: Well, I mean, there are plenty of uh, great things to eat in the United Kingdom that are known what? in the United Kingdom. Like tikka masala? Sure. Right. Did you have any of that? Yes. Okay. Plenty of that. Uh, But fish and chips, they hit their boom in the late 1920s. There were about 35,000 chippies in the U.K. Uh, Now there are about 10,000 and change, Mm -hmm. and they serve 360 million meals a year in the U.K. of fish and chips.
0: That's equal to 360 million Big Mac meals.
1: That's right. And you might be thinking to yourself, this has probably been going on since the dawn of time over there. Mm -hmm. They've been frying up fish. But no, no. It was uh, only a couple of hundred years ago, you would have to go back and ask for fish and chips where they would just look at you cross eyed, <laughs> say, Oh, I'm sorry, right, right, right. Right. And kick you out of their shop. Yeah. Because it was a, a tannery. It was a tannery, but it all goes back very interestingly to Sephardic Jews. Mm hmm. All the way back apparently to the at least the eighth century in Spain
0: where um, Sephardic Jews lived and thrived and worked and played and observed the Sabbath, or Shabbat, or Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. Um, which meant that they were not allowed to cook from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. They were allowed to eat, they just weren't allowed to cook. And I believe that's still the case. So, um, the uh, Sephardic Jews of Spain said, you know what, I'll bet if we took some fresh fish and we battered it lightly and then fried it, it would taste really good still, Mm -hmm. you know, by Saturday afternoon. They were right. They were right. And so, frying fish took off, and it became basically synonymous with uh, Sephardic Jews, and they started to travel far and wide. Um, They were pushed out of Spain, and then later Portugal, once Spain and Portugal got married. And so, um, they started to travel the world, and wherever they went with them, they took this fried fish recipe with them everywhere.
1: That's right, and they would sell it on the streets in England um, with little, like, uh, sort of like the, the, the cigarette lady mm-hmm. would come around back in the day. Cigars, cigarettes. <laughs> exactly. Cigars. Selling it on, like, a, a tray with a strap around their neck, um, which, by the way, Portland, Maine, on the sidewalk, you can get oysters shucked from a cart. I did not see that. Like, just walk up and say, just give me a couple of oysters. It's like shuck a buck type of thing. Do it right now. Oh, Here's man. some money. I would just follow that guy around.
0: The uh, I can say I had the best saltwater taffy I've ever had in my life that I purchased on the coast of Maine. Oh, really? Oh, just not even close.
1: And I had eight lobster rolls <laughs> between Boston and Portland, Maine over four days.
0: That's nice, man.
1: And Because uh, I wanted to kind of find my favorite, and I did. That's good. Where was it? It was at the Sea Salt Gourmet Shop in mm-hmm. uh, Cape Elizabeth. Okay. It was Good delicious. Idea. We Did you get a T-shirt? And the worst one I had was in the airport. <laughs> oh, I can bet.
0: That's like playing slots in the Vegas airport. It's just not the same, you know. I was
1: flying out, and I was like, one more.
0: <laughs> yep. It's so.
1: exactly, just like slots in the Vegas airport. <laughs> so Jewish immigrants are selling these in England. Uh, even Thomas Jefferson visited England and wrote about fried fish in the Jewish fashion. Mm-hmm. And it took trains and railroads to really spread it out of London and far and wide throughout the UK, because all of a sudden you could get fresh fish uh, to faraway places really fast. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty big hit. It was a big hit. But again, now we're still just talking
0: about fried fish. Uh, The chips haven't made an intro yet. So we're going to um, leave you hanging for now, as it were, um, wondering, will the chips ever come? We'll find out right after this message break. Hey everybody, we're here to tell you about Viator, a tool that you can use to plan and book travel experiences around the world.
1: That's right. The Viator app and website make it easy to explore 300,000 plus travel experiences so you can discover what's out there no matter where you're traveling or what you're interested in.
0: Yep. Viator can help you plan better travel experiences. 300,000 plus travel experiences to choose from means you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy.
1: That's right. You can also enjoy real traveler reviews to get insider information from people who've already been on the experience that you're considering. Plus, you get free cancellation that helps you plan for the unexpected.
0: Yeah, and Viator offers 24-7 customer service, so you know you'll get support at any hour if things aren't going as planned. So download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find the perfect travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody. It's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website, whether it's an online course or custom merch.
1: So I'm dying to know. Have the chips come? The chips are coming, finally. Okay, good.
0: So uh, it's funny to think of, because you think of potatoes as, like, super Irish. Sure. Um, You think of chips as super um, English. But they were actually South American. I mean, like, the potatoes that we know and love today weren't really brought to Europe until the maybe the end of the 15th century from the earliest explorers of South America.
1: Yeah, and people weren't eating them up. Like, they were hard and weird, and everyone's like, I can't even eat this stuff. It's not even edible. (laughs) So it took, you know, Belgium's popular for their fries. Uh, Yes, because they do it right. They do do it right. And that's where the whole fried potato thing started. Well, actually, in Spain in the 16th century. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they brought them north to what was called then Spanish Netherlands, which is now close to modern-day Belgium. Right. And here's the deal. They would cut these things up into fish shapes and mm-hmm. fry them, these fishermen would, right? which is like the cutest thing ever to do in the 17th century. It is, but I don't think that has any connection whatsoever to fish and chips, does it? I don't think so. I mean, I think this uh, historian said basically they eventually got to Great Britain in the 1860s, and it just kind of coincided with the Sephardic Jews selling these fried fish meals. Right. And it all just sort of went hand in hand.
0: Right. So, um, again, they think that Sephardic Jewish fried fish peddlers said, Hey, man, I really like this idea of frying um, potatoes, too. I'll bet this would go really well with my fried fish. And there's a couple of claims of the first fish and chip shop or chippies. um, One in London and one outside of Manchester in Mossville. In where? Mossville. (laughs) How's that spelled? moz M-O-Z-ville. Okay. (laughs) After Morrissey. Yeah, I love it. But I think it's actually called Mosley. Mosley? Yeah. Yeah. But Mosville is what I call Mosley now. I gotcha. Okay.
1: So the one near Manchester was definitely like kicking butt by 1863. Okay. The one in uh, Lunderhood? (laughs) (laughs) Mosville and Lunderhood, the new names. I love that. In a neighborhood in London, uh, B-O-W, I don't know if it's Bow or Bow, but this was in 1860, and they claimed to be the very first one to sell that combo. Mm-hmm. And good old Lunderville. <laughs>
0: yep, Lunderville and Mosville.
1: So, um, no, Lunderhood. Lunderhood. You
0: already, it already evolved again. <laughs> so this is the 1860s when the, definitely the uh, latest that the first chippies were established. And by the fin de <laughs> Which, as far as I know, applies only to the turn of the 20th century, right? I guess. Okay. Um, by, by the turn of the 20th century, the beginning of the 20th century, they, um, they are just everywhere. Oh, yeah. You, I think you said 35,000 in its peak in uh, the 1920s. Even by 1910, there was something like 25,000 of them in the U.K. And um, just to keep morale going during World War I, Prime Minister at the time, David Lloyd George, ordered that fish and chips and everything associated with making fish and chips be kept off
1: the ration list. Yeah, they they wanted to keep people happy.
0: Yeah, and I think it worked,
1: and so much so that in World War II, um, uh, Churchill did the same thing, right? That's right. He said, you know, keep this fish and chip thing going because they are good companions. <laughs> There's a little bit of Schwarzenegger in there. <laughs> oh. There was. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that war at Normandy on D-Day, mm-hmm. apparently an identifier, a secret code for the Brits, is they would yell out "fish," and they would wait for a coded response. And I love how this how stuff works article says "barely coded uh, chips," <laughs> right? And because Germans
0: would figure it out and say uh, "chips and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was Schwarzenegger for sure.
0: Sure, it was a little weak for Schwarzenegger. It so wasn't
1: robust. Here's the deal: I like mine with tartar sauce. I didn't see anything about tartar sauce in here. Oh yeah, I think that maybe I don't know. I might be wrong, but that feels like even though it's a French uh, thing in origin, an American bastardization. Mm-hmm. But that's just me guessing, because nowhere in here did I see anyone in uh, the UK eating tartar sauce. I might be wrong.
0: Uh. I think it might have been in the image on this House of Works article.
1: Well, that means
0: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a, a in the article. There's a blob of green, um, which is apparently what you will find it served with in the north. Yeah, peas, of England. Yep, mashed peas, which, according to Dave Ruse, who wrote this House of Works article, um, are way better tasting than they look. Yeah,
1: I had that in Dublin. I had I went to a chippy and got some peas. Uh, also, obviously, malt vinegar on everything.
0: Yeah, I've come to like that, too. I remember growing up at Long John Silver's. Uh-huh. Like, I my family actually lived at a, a Long John Silver's. And um, <laughs> I was like, this is gross. I what thought is the same this thing. stuff? Yeah. And now I'm like, I have, a, I guess, a refined palate or something because I just, I do shots of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't like it when I was younger either, and now I fully get it. Um, you got to have your salt as well. Mm-hmm. And apparently in the U.K., they love the curry sauce, Sure. And uh, we'll even go with the ketchup every now and then.
0: Yeah. And then what I always think of fish and chips being served in, because it's a street food, like, through and through. Even though there's chip shops, like, it it was originally from the streets. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, And it would be served, and I think even in the chip shops, too, it would be served wrapped up in yesterday's newspaper, which uh, originates in World War II. Where um, paper was in short supply, so they somebody figured out, well, we'll just use yesterday's newspapers to serve fish and chips in this kind of cone, I wound up that. in a cone, dump some, fr- some chips, I almost said fries, I'm sorry, UK. Also, I'm sorry about Brexit. Uh, and then <laughs> put some fried fish, usually fried battered cod on top, and there's your fish and chips. But apparently that went out in the Thatcher era. I'm sorry about Thatcher, too.
1: Yeah, I wondered about people walking around dear old Lunderhood with, uh, like, newspaper ink getting on their chip. I wonder if that happened.
0: I don't know. I'll bet it did have to do with something with becoming a little more health conscious. Like, this printer's ink soaking into the hot oil that it's we're ingesting is probably not good for Highly us. toxic. Sure. And all of the third arms that children were growing in the U.K. suddenly went away. That's right. Uh, you got anything else?
1: Uh, no, I'm just going to shout out uh, Gales. That was the first— Fish and chip place that I ever went in London back when I first went in the mid 90s. And I am looking right now, as you can see, it is still open. You're nice. And that is in Notting Hill. And I didn't, that was before the movie Notting Hill. So I was cool before country was cool. <laughs> right. We need to get you a Gale's t shirt. And uh,
0: what was the name of the lobster roll place?
1: Uh, sea Salt with sea a, salt. the letter C Salt Gourmet Shop.
0: Oh, that is cute. We need to get you those t-shirts, okay? Let's do it. Well, uh, you can read a pretty interesting article by Dave Ruse on How Stuff Works about fish and chips, Uh, and that means, since I said that, short stuff is over.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.